0: Praise the Lord and good afternoon. I want to thank you for joining me today on the trumpet sound. My name is Cynthia Mays and I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Today I'm going to be coming um, to you out of the book of Nehemiah. We're going to start at the first uh The first chapter, we're going to go from the first to the fourth verses, and it reads in this wise, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the, excuse me, 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, the Hanani, one of my brethren came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burnt with fire. And I just want to stop right there. So now Nehemiah, like most of us, responded. And now Nehemiah, like most of us, responded just like we would when faced with um, terrible news, especially news that concerns our people, or our home, he began to weep. And there's nothing wrong with weeping. Weeping is a way to relieve you of tension and of stress. It's a way to restore you back to health. It also can clear your mind enough so that you can talk to God with clarity of mind. Also, it doesn't last always. Psalm 30 and 5 said, weeping may endure for a night, For joy comes in the morning. The thing is, we have to hang on in there and hang on in there till the morning comes. We got to keep serving, keep encouraging ourselves, staying in the word and keep praising God. And we can't do it in our own strength. But Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So all we have to do is depend on the Lord to strengthen us through these tough times. He also began to pray to God and confess the sins and repent. In Nehemiah 1 and 7 it says, We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinance which you commanded your servant Moses. And sometimes when when there is a lot of bad things that's happening to a people or a race, sometimes you got to ask yourself, is there sin involved? Have we sinned against God? Are we living right? Because it was because it was because of their sins that they went in captivity in the first place. So like in Nehemiah's days, a lot of people have walked away from God. But ever since slavery, when we were first introduced to the Bible and Jesus, we've served the Lord as a people. In fact, we use old Negro spiritual as an escape plan. But it was our, it was our serving and dependence on the Lord that carried us through these tough times we face that brought us through and is yet bringing us through hard times as a nation and God wants us to turn around and come back to Him and if we take a look at the world today excuse me you would would say what is going on why so much turmoil I don't want to address all the world's issues today because God told us about that he said that in the last days there would be perilous times, and you can read that in 2 Timothy 3 and 1. But what I want to talk about is the injustice that our black people have suffered in this country as a nation, especially our black men. It's by the systemic racism that's plaguing our nation, and everyone just wants us to shut up about it, be quiet. You know, we already got the people protesting. We don't need to keep talking about it in our churches. And that's because some of America don't want to face the ugly truth. Because racism is ugly. And truth causes us to examine ourselves. And if you don't want to face it, you just pretend it's not happening. You know, if you don't talk about it. You could try to pretend like it's not happening. John 8 and 32 says, that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I believe God used this pandemic so that we could all be home, so we could witness George Floyd get murdered on social media, God rest his soul, because he wanted to take the blinders off all of our eyes white people so they could really see with their own eyes, although some of them already knew it because they knew how they act themselves. But it was a lot of them that didn't really believe it. Oh, no, we're not as racist as we used to be. You know, black people have come a long ways. Nobody is really all that racist. That's what some of them said. You know, there was a lot of skeptics. Oh, it's not as bad as all that. But they got a chance to see for themselves with their own eyes. Yes, it is as bad as all that. And after Trayvon Martin was killed, his family started the Black Lives Matter movement. But somehow it kind of lost momentum. When Trayvon's murderers went free and so many police officers went free, it kind of lost its momentum. Many people got offended, talking about oh, all ma- all lives matter. I don't know why they just saying black lives matter, all lives matter. So a lot of people got offended. So the black lives movement kind of, you know, lost a little momentum. So when George Floyd, God rest his soul, got killed, and we saw it, it was like God was saying. Do you hear me now? You can no longer sit around and complain. You got to do something about this. You cannot just go along to get along anymore. This should bother you. This should move you to action. Black and white alike. And it did. So the protesters begin their protests. Thank God for our courageous young people, black and white alike, who's saying enough. This must end. They're taking a stand and protesting these injustices. But of course, there is a fly in the ointment as the old saying going, as the old saying goes. You got these agitators planted by Satan distracting distractors burning buildings to take the people's eyes off the real issues that many black people have been killed by racists and the police. Let's stay focused on the issue. Let's not let these agitators take the focus off what's really going on here. Just like Sambalot and Tobiah, if you read uh, in Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, the first verse, and it reads in this wise. But it so happened when Sambalot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. mm how many know some people are not happy because of our protest? Who who do they think they are? They say, talking about Black Lives Matters. Well, how come it don't matter to them? They're always killing each other anyway. Why are they getting all upset that the police is killing them when they're always killing themselves anyway? Well, I answer you. I'll answer you with this verse in John 3:16: "For God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God sent His Son to pay for the sins of all mankind, not just some, not just the ones who think themselves superior. Not only that, but God says in Genesis 1 and 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That means every person on this earth was created in the image of God. So how could there possibly be a superior race? It's impossible. It is a lying Trick from the deceiver, the lying devil. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says, And whom the God of this world, who hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So not only are we made in the image of God, but our Lord and Savior is also. So if we're all made in God's image, I ask you, what race is superior? And who has the right to take a life simply because of the color of their skin? Or the denial of our basic rights by this systemic racism? Even America's own declaration of independence states that people have an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And this is exactly why the world needs the Lord. Because without the Lord, you can't even keep your own laws. So now, in the tail end of John 15 and 5, it says... Apart from me, you cannot do nothing. We need the Lord to keep his laws. We need the Lord to be able to live a godly life. But let me go back one more time to Nehemiah 4 and 1. But it so happened when Sambalai heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked. The Jews How many know when we st- when you start trying to rebuild and when you start trying to, to change a, a system, people can get angry. They don't want it to change it. Oh Sambalot, they were all okay as long as the wall was torn down and, uh, and the children of Jeru- and, uh, and the Jewish people wasn't trying to rebuild it, as long as it was in rubble, it was okay. So as long as, you know, we didn't make no noise and police was able to keep on killing black people and if it hadn't have been caught on tape, they would have got away with it. As long as the dirty little secret of racism stayed a dirty little secret, although we all knew it was there, it was there. we all know about racism, but as long as you don't make no waves, as long as you don't say nothing, as long as you don't stir up no, str- no strife, don't don't protest. I mean, it's OK. But if you get tired along the way, OK, we'll talk about it for a few minutes. But then we, then they'll try to shame you and they're not talking about it. OK, you talked about it uh, enough. We don't want to hear no more about George Floyd. We don't want to hear no more about uh, uh, how the police is, is killing the black people. We don't want to hear no more about that. And we got the president ready to send the national guards to go down there and 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 stop the protests ready to shoot the kids with what rubber bullets and everything cuz you know, just shut up now we don't want to change america we like the way it is we don't want we don't want to hear about your protests now just be quiet but we're not going to be quiet because it's time to speak up Not only is it time to speak up about racism, but it's also time to speak up on black on black crime. Because a lot of people say, how come black lives don't matter to black people? And I'm going to tell you something, that's a valid question. But we have a few dynamics at play here. The first, the first simple answer is this the need for Jesus Christ in all our lives. The first thing is that the gospel has to be preached to all. Almost every saint I know wants to be a preacher, even though they might not admit it, but everybody want to hear that God got a call on their life. Yet, when presented with opportunities to share the gospel, some of us clam up. That's the time to preach. The Bible said go into all the world and preach the gospel. You a witness. You saved. Now is the time to preach it. Oh, I see. Oh, you don't want to do that because that's not in the congregation. That's not in front of the pastor. That's not in front of the people. You won't get no accolades out on the street one-on-one. But let me tell you something. God sees you wherever you are. God sees you when you witness it on the bus stop. He sees you at the grocery store. That's your that's your accolades. That's setting setting up your treasures in heaven. You know, so go ahead and witness. You want to preach? Preach! Preach the gospel to a dying world. Get out and give somebody your testimony. Tell them how God saved you. Tell them how God delivered you. That's how we're going to change the world one by one. If everybody get out there, you tell one black man, I'll tell another black man, you tell another black man, you tell a black woman, you tell a white woman, we get out there and we witness and this is how we win souls and this is how we change lives and this is how we get changed. Everybody got to do their part. Once the pastors and preachers teach to us, it's up to us to go out and change the world by sharing the gospel that we know. A lot of this is our fault. We just want to go to church and come home. We might be involved in, you know, maybe some kind of church work, but our biggest work is the world. Once we got saved, it's our job to live safe, but to share the gospel. And, and so what if people get tired of hearing it? Keep telling them anyway. So much as people say, oh, I know about Jesus? Tell them anyway. Everybody don't know about Jesus. And you may know about him, but are you living for him? We got to share the gospel. We can no longer keep silent. It's no longer about who's the greatest and who, who we can be seen for in the church. Let's get out to this dying world and tell people about Jesus. My God, we got 50,000 preachers sitting in the church, but how many souls have you won? Have you won any souls since you became a preacher? Have you won any souls since you became an evangelist? Have you won any souls since you become a missionary? Where's the souls? Where's the fruit? It's time to start bearing fruit. Time out for sitting in the church looking good. People are dying in the street. You know, every time we turn on the news and we hear about another black person killing another black person that should send us running in the church we got maybe that's why we home maybe we home now so we can get out and start witnessing we can get on the phone now and start witnessing it ain't, ain't nobody's giving us a towel for our head nobody's you know nobody's giving us any alkalines Now we in our room, uh, filming and people at home, you know, filming or they sitting in the church and it's empty, but they filming, you know, it's not about any accolades anymore. Now it's simply let's win these souls because Jesus is soon to come. Now we don't got a whole lot of stuff distracting us. We're not worrying about build, building a building and building this and building that. Now our concentration is on what it's supposed to be on all the time. Let's build these lives. Let's build the body. Let's win these souls for Jesus. He's soon to come. And we got to tell people what thus saith the Lord. One by one. It's so many churches in Buffalo that we should have a witnessing team on every corner and the surrounding cities. And now, one thing about it, hallelujah, you got the opportunity. You home with your family, share the gospel. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. That's one way that we can put an end to a lot of this black-on-black crime. We got to tell them about Jesus so that they can get saved. And a lot of, because a lot of people are not going to church. A lot of these millennials, they're not going to church because, you know, and so we have to, we have to come to them. It's amazing how when we hear about the disciples going out two by two in the Bible, how excited we get about their witnessing and the different ones, you know, standing in Christ. You know, when we hear about, you know, Elijah or Ezekiel or Jeremiah, when we hear about Apostle Paul or Peter, you know, when we first get saved, we get all excited. I want to be like this one and that one. And yet, a lot of us just want to go to church and come home. And now we've been given an excuse. You hear people say, "My witness is my life." I don't have to say nothing." And that's true to a certain extent, and I'm sure the first time a preacher said that, he didn't mean for us to forego witness it altogether. But it did give a lot of fearful people an excuse not to witness. Now I agree that your lifestyle is the most important. We have to have a holy life. But we also have to open our mouth and say something. Jesus went about teaching and preaching, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. He just didn't go to the synagogue. He was outside most of the time. When he witnessed to the woman at the well, he said he must needs go to Samaria. He didn't wait for her to go to church. He went to her. We have got to get out in our community and witness. I'm not saying this to show off or anything, but I try and witness everywhere. In the car, on my way to my appointments, on the street corners, at the train stations, and anywhere there's people. We have to start fasting and praying so we can be more spiritually minded. And not letting things distract us, because yeah, we start off good. Oh, I start off really, really with a bang. But then something happened, causes me to draw back. I'm going to be transparent, but I don't want to do that. I want to continue on. Whether Whatever you're going through, we still got to continue to preach the gospel. And we got to learn that, working under pressure. We be thinking that our pastors and bishops and people we see up there, we think they don't go through. Did you know if they were to tell it, all hell be breaking loose in their life, but they still come to church every Sunday and preach to us. They still preach that Bible study. They still be praying and all kinds of stuff be going on in, in their life. And we want to grow to that kind of maturity that we can continue to witness and be a blessing to others, even though we're going through. And I'm praying we can get that kind of maturity. Now, I'm going to get back on subject because I am talking about Nehemiah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. I just thank the Lord that he wants us to encourage us. And I would, I would try to encourage you even right now. Now, while we're in the house for this corona and we're not going out much, let us start preparing ourselves by fast and praying, getting in that word more than we ever had before. You know, taking every opportunity to, because t- you know, the more we get in that word and the more we pray, the more spiritual we get. The less fear we have, the Holy Spirit will be strong in us. And we will be able to go out and witness and tell people. And we'll have that zeal and that joy. You know, it don't just come upon us. We have to work for it. We have to seek the Lord for it and get our zeal back and our desire. I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to see nobody going to hell. I don't want to see that. I don't want to go and I don't want nobody that I love to go. I don't even want my enemies to go. Except the devil. But I don't want my enemies to go. It's our job to love people. God loved us. That's why he sent Jesus. Luke 4 and 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Set at liberty those that are oppressed. This is what our job is. This is what Jesus came to do. And Jesus in us, because Jesus is in us, We have to do the same thing, too. Recovering the sight to the blind and let people know you don't have to be a racist. You don't have to be filled with hate. God can deliver you. You don't have to feel like you got to kill your brother. The only way you can feel respected or like a man is you got to be streetwise. And you don't have to be like that. So we're here to preach the liberty to the oppressed so people can be free, to know that God loves them. God hasn't forgot about us, and God hasn't forgot about us as a nation. You might say, what does all this have to do with Nehemiah? Well, I tell you, when Nehemiah heard the condition of his people and the condition of of his beloved city, Jerusalem, he wept and mourned. And when we take a look at the inner cities of America, and we see black men killing each other at an alarming rate, and you see that the authorities are not given much time or energy to solve these murders because not many people are arrested for these crimes, which is why black people think they got to take it in their own hands to solve these crimes. This makes me weep and mourn. I wept when I heard of Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and Michael Brown and Eric Gardner and Philangelo Castillo and Breonna Taylor. And to see George Floyd actually get murdered on social media, it made my heart break. And I wept and cried and prayed to the Father, as did many of you. No, we're not going to be quiet. No, we're not going to go away. And we're not going to forget about it. God is on our side. Because black lives not only matter, but they matter to God. It may not be brick or mortar or wood or iron that's broken in our land. But it is similar in that it is the brokenness in the hearts of God's people in our culture, in our community in our country. Fatherless children, not just because not, not just because the fathers left, but because they have been murdered or put in jail, given excessive time, even for nonviolent crimes, wives without husbands, mothers without sons. Our walls have been broken and our gates have been burned with fire, metaphorically speaking. In ancient times, walls were put up around cities to protect its inhabitants from bandits and gangs and from wild animals. Our black men are like our walls in our family. They are protectors, breadwinners, fathers, husbands, and sons. And because of sin, And then being separated from God and because of racism and hatred, our walls are broken down and our gates are burned with fire. But we don't have to continue this way. In order to rebuild the walls and restore the breaches, we have to tell the truth. Racism Racism is real and it's alive in America. Face it. Face it so we can do something about it. And don't go blaming the victims. Don't go blaming black people for your racist ways. If you are a racist, just admit it. Repent so we can rebuild. As long as we are in denial, the breaches, the break, the separation of the races won't be restored. I'm talking about rebuilding the walls and restoring the breaches. When Nehemiah in the second chapter, the 12th and the 13th verses, he didn't waste time pretending. Let's read. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent wall and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were burned with fire. He went out, he inspected it. And he said to himself, and he saw in his own eyes, the this destruction that happened to his wall. He didn't pretend like it wasn't there. He saw the damage and he knew something had to be done. And that's why he prayed. And that's like these young people. That's why they're protesting. And I pray God... Gives them the strength to continue the fight. And I pray God will send more protesters out into the fight. And I pray that they have strength not to give up. Because I'm talking about rebuilding the walls and restoring the breaches. And we as men and women of God, taking every opportunity God gives us to share the gospel with our loved ones and our friends living a godly life before them letting them know that they don't have to be fooled by the enemy any longer if they give their heart to the lord god will teach them through his word how to be men and that having two and three women does not make you a man but being able to commit to one woman your wife And your kids and being self-controlled and loving and kind, providing for your family. That's what being a man is all about. I'm talking about rebuilding the walls and restoring the breaches mothers and fathers teaching their little girls that big breasts and butts is not all there is to be in a woman. That's all you see on TV. Everybody want to have big breasts, big butts, big lips. And like that's all it is. Even, even Kim Kardashian is starting to change her ways. Now she want to be a, a lawyer. She, she realizes this is more than life than what you look like. If you would turn with me to Proverbs 31, the Bible said, Who can find a virtuous woman? Because her price is far above rubies. Hallelujah. Her price is far above rubies. She's worth more than precious stones. Hallelujah. And if you would read with me on uh okay, Proverbs. 31 let's go down to the 26 let's read from 26 to 29 right quick this is a virtuous woman it says she opens her mouth with wisdom on her tongue is the law of kindness she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness she ain't lazy Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Now that's the virtuous woman. That's the woman I want to be. That's the woman I want my granddaughters, and we should want your daughters to be like. Hallelujah. That's a godly woman. Right? So I'm talking about rebuilding the walls and restoring the breaches. Rebuilding the walls in our community, in our families. And we as preachers and pastors and bishops and evangelists, we have to preach the truth. Don't pretend it does not exist. Preach it. Preach your racism like you would any other sin. How else are we going to get it out of the country? We preach about everything else. You got to throw some racism in there, too. It's got to be taught. Because this thing is so deep. People have been like this since uh, America began. Since they went and got the first slaves from Africa. Slavery has been here. And the racism has been in America. And it has to be taught. That it's wrong. And we can do our part. we got to preach it until healing takes place, till forgiveness takes place. That's what God's trying to do. He's trying to heal the land. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Hallelujah. We have to teach our young men also how to handle disputes and frustration and injustice without picking up a gun. The gun is not the answer to everything. And if their fathers was home, they could teach him that. What is at the root of all this hatred? Because that's what racism is. It's a hatred of a person or belief that a person is less than human because of skin color. It exists in our institutions and policies that advantage white people and disadvantage people of color. At first I thought when I was studying this lesson that racism was a spirit. But the Lord said, no, racism is not a spirit. Racism is a sin. Yeah, hey, ah, because it's a choice like any other sin. Hmm. Racism is a sin. And like any other sin, if you repent of it, God will forgive you. First John 3 and 8 says, He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And the Bible says right here, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's First John 1 and 9. Because 1 John 3 and 15 says. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you have. This is, I'm sorry. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. In other, in other words, you are not entering into the kingdom of heaven with hatred in your heart. And that's for all those races going to church, quoting the Bible. But you don't have to continue in this way. God came to save sinners. Some of this stuff has been in our hearts all of our lives. And we think that we are not... But just take a long look at yourself. Nobody knows you better than you except God. And take a long, hard look at yourself, black men. You're not a man because you can carry a gun. You are a man because you because you were born a man, and you were born in the in the image and in the likeness of God. And God got a purpose and a plan for your life, despite despite what you have to face regarding of racism. If you give your heart to the Lord, the Lord will open doors in your life that you didn't even imagine. He has a plan of salvation for your life. So I'm going to get real and I'm going to say and feel free to say with me if this message has found you today. Say, Lord, I ask that you look in my heart and my soul and cleanse me of all racism. Don't let hatred be in my heart against anybody. I am truly sorry. Please forgive me and cleanse me. Of all unrighteousness. Teach me how to love all my brothers and sisters. Fervently like your word says. Regardless of race. Hebrews 4 and 12 says. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder. Soul and spirit of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God knows exactly where we're at, and sometimes the word is a little harsh. But if the word don't show us ourselves, then how will we ever change? When you look in the mirror, when you go to look in the mirror to check out what you look like, you look at the mirror. If you see something on your face, if you see some cold in your eye, you get it out, don't you? If you see your face dirty, you wipe it, don't you? You wash it, right? And that's what, like, the Word of God is. It's a mirror. It's a mirror to show us what we are in the inside. And the great thing about it is God says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to cleanse us. Huh? From all unrighteousness. So... Looking in, the, looking in the Word, reading the Word, is like taking a bath. The Bible said, no chastisement is pleasurous, but grievous. But afterward, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Afterward, it make you want to change. It make you say, hey, I don't want that racism in my heart. Hey, I don't want to hate my brother no more. I'm, I'm tired of killing my own people. I don't want to be that way no more. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Hallelujah. Take it out, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to be in the way everlasting. Hallelujah. I want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So everything in me that's not like you, that's my prayer. Take it out. Root it up. Pluck it up and destroy it. I don't want it. Hallelujah. I want to be like Jesus. The Bible said, be ye holy for the Lord thy God is holy. Ha, hallelujah. I'm talking about rebuilding the walls and restoring the breaches. Rebuilding the walls. And yes, God can rebuild anyone's life on this planet. If they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But right now, the Lords want us to talk about black and brown people right now. Because we are in a crisis. And it can't be swept under the rug. And we can't act like we're afraid to talk about it. And we can't go away because we're making a people uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable to change. And it can't be swept under the rug. And we simply can't bury our head under the sand anymore. Yes, it is painful to look at, but we got to accept it. So let's get past the denial and let's move to acceptance so we can get about change. And rebuilding the lives of God's people, teaching them that God can restore their lives, fix families, give hope. And to know that he has a plan and purpose for our lives as a nation. And that God can and will heal the brokenness in our race and in our community. And in America. Because black lives matter. Not only do they matter, but they matter to God. They matter to God. And God don't want to see black people killing each other because you feel helpless and, you know, you don't feel like a man. So you feel like the only way you could be a man is to get your street credit. But that's not the only way to be a man. You can be you God's man. You can be God's man. And you don't have to pick up a gun to be God's man. God don't want you with this self-hatred. I'm talking about rebuilding the walls and restoring the breaches. Amen. Well, I pray that you were blessed by the word of God today. And if you saw yourself in the word and you want to repent, And make Jesus your Lord. Because we can't begin to rebuild without the Lord's help. We need his strength and guidance to help us. To change. To help us to be a better people. The Bible says, "And in and of yourselves we can't do nothing. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. So first I want to pray the prayer of salvation over you. So if you want to be saved and give your heart to the Lord today, say, Lord, I realize I am a sinner and I have sinned against you. I am sorry for my sins and I ask that you forgive me and come into my heart and live in me. I believe in your son, Jesus, and that you raised him from the dead on the third day. And the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, if you believe that you shall be saved. Hallelujah. And if you said that prayer with me, then you are saved. And congratulations and welcome to the body of Christ. All heaven is ecstatic right now. Hallelujah. The Lord said that angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents and turns to the Lord. Now I want to pray for our black men out there. Our black people who are out there that's killing each other. I come against the spirit of self-hatred. I bind and rebuke every spirit of murder and malice in our region and in our communities and in our country in the name of Jesus. I bind and rebuke every stronghold of violence, maliciousness, vindictiveness, revenge, retaliation in the mighty name of Jesus. I bind and rebuke every spirit of poverty, insecurity, fear, envy, and stress in the name of Jesus. I destroy and break the pieces, every yoke and bondage off the necks of black men, in in the mighty name of Jesus. And I loose love, healing, health, restoration of families. Hallelujah! Oh, Ha, saha! Hallelujah! I loose a mind and a heart for them to cry out. What must I do to be saved? In the mighty name of Jesus. Now for those struggling with racism, say, Lord, you have shown me in your word that racism is a sin. Because I am your daughter or your son, I don't want to be this way anymore. You told me in your word that hatred is wrong. Please go down to my heart, my soul, my mind, my spirit, and remove this racism from me. I ask that you root it up, pluck it up, and destroy it in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't let it be named among me as a saint of God, but free me in my mind and in my soul and in my spirit, in the name of Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. I come against that stronghold of racism, I bind it in the name of Jesus. I command you to loose your hold on America even right now in the name of Jesus. I bind you from the north, the south, the east, and the west in the name of Jesus. Ha, I come against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places in the name of Jesus. I loose the spirit of repentance upon this country in the name of Jesus. I loose the spirit of healing upon this country in the name of Jesus. Lord we need you as never before to move on our behalf, in the name of Jesus. For we know that black lives matter to you. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Repent, America. Repent. Repent for the error of your ways so that God can heal you and restore. In the name of Jesus. John 8 and 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. May the Lord and a blessing the reading and hearing of his word amen god bless you and i just wanted to take this time um, to invite you to the church i attend my home church is elam christian fellowship where the right reverend t anthony bronner is preaching and teaching under the power and anointing of god We can be found live on Facebook and YouTube on Sundays at 8.30 and Tuesdays at 12 for Bible study. Um, Please join us because it will truly be, Elam is truly a place of refreshing. Also, please join me next Friday at 7 p.m. for the trumpet sound. God bless you. I love you, but God loves you more. Have a great day. Thank you.